Hey, welcome to episode two of Coffee with My Dad. We have half of the Permenko Kid clan here with us. My brother, older brother Daniel, and of course my dad, and I think we all have our coffee. Yep. Cool, so let's get started. <laughs> Daniel, can you go ahead and kick us off? All right, I thought I'd kick it off in a fun way, and we're going to call this segment Watch the Reaction. I'm going to send you guys a text, and the listeners will get to see your reaction. Are you ready? <laughs> okay, hold on. I don't know. There we go. I think I am. <laughs> I don't know if my webcam is good enough to show that. Dad, do you want to do you want <laughs> show them what Daniel made? Okay, so I figure this is my first time on the pod, and yeah. any any good guest is going to listen to the pod before they get on it, so they have some kind of context. And you guys are talking about Pete's power pickles, and should it be a thing? Should it not be a thing? So for anybody who's listening today only. In the next four minutes of listening, if you go to Pete'sPowerPickles.store, you will no. get nothing but just a landing screen. Here, let me let me no. just share let me just share my screen. Can I do that? Okay, I can't I can't do that. But uh, we could put we could slide it in later. Yeah, you can slide it in. But Pete'sPowerPickles.store, it's uh, real. Hold on. Yeah, I got a real website. It has a pre-order I button that goes to, to nothing at the time of this recording, but but maybe when this uh, this is published, maybe, maybe there'll be something there. I misspelled. I love it. By the way, do not misspell Pete's Power Pickles. Pete's Power Pickles dot store. Dot store. Why dot <laughs> store? Because great. I had I had a free dot store credit, and uh, you guys were saying this, so I was like, I've been sitting on it for a few weeks, so I was like, that's it? That is awesome. Well, That's the awesome. best part, Daniel, I did see a comment from a listener last week, like one of the four that maybe listened to things last week, but I did see a comment that said I would buy Pete's Power Pickles. <laughs> oh, no way. Like, did you not? You are without excuse now. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. I did not see that coming. I, I was thinking... You know, is this a picture, a before and after picture of Benjamin washing toffee in the bathroom? Is this like, what in the world could this be? Ooh. That, hey, that, hey, that's good content for the next uh, next podcast. Watch the reaction segment. Watch the reaction. I like, I like that. It. That's a good ad. <laughs> okay. And yeah. that's actually really well done. I like it. You did a good job on that, Daniel. Well, it's all thanks to the new beta generative AI feature within Illustrator. It's very, it's, oh. I'm very fascinated by this, all this AI stuff, and all I just put in the prompt in Illustrator was make a pickle lifting a dumbbell. And that's what it gave me, and then I just added my own Pete's Power Pickles, and, and then I told it to make me a yellow lightning bolt. And then hmm. uh, I made myself a pattern, and Boom, Pete's Power Pickles dot store was born. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, the so AI has... thing really is fascinating. I've been fascinated. Yeah. You guys have seen some of the stuff. I actually did a whole presentation for people where I every image, no, all but like two in the entire presentation deck were, uh, were AI generated. And you can, you can kind of tell, but it was amazing that I could do that and get, you know, what I was looking for faster than scrolling through all of the, 
bazillion cheesy like stock art pictures that are out there. Right. No offense mm-hmm. to those taking the pictures, but this didn't meet my needs. That's all. It, it, it does. It, it meets exactly what you want. I mean, maybe not exactly, but you get what you want. I wanted a pickle lifting up a dumbbell or barbell. Mm-hmm. And it gave me a pickle with a barbell, and I wasn't searching. I had to let it generate for like twenty seconds. Yeah, and then there we go. So I think there's a uh, there's a use for it for sure. It's awesome. Think about this, Daniel. I remember a moment. So we're here. Here, the three of us are talking about AI. I remember a moment walking into. It was it was a preschool pre K, kind of a class that you were in. And the, all of you kids were sitting on the floor, and the teacher is explaining, this is a mouse. This is how you move the cursor. <laughs> and this is, a, and he's talking, and then they held up, you know, a CD disc, which I don't even know if I have one right now. A CD disc, a CD-ROM, and they said, this is a, this is a disc. This is where the games live. And they were explaining what, at that time, was technology and today wow. those things that were technology mm. are just appliances for us right now but now we're talking about ai yeah. so what does that mean like as you think about your kids growing up with ai is the tech that's going to be an appliance when they're mm. our age yeah you know <laughs> i think okay the first first thought that comes to my mind is critical thinking because mm. one of the like first mm. reactions just from people that I've talked to, is it seems that AI is an excuse to not thoroughly think through a problem or to think through issues, and they just want to throw in a prompt and just run with whatever it gives them. And it's just not that clever yet yeah. to to be put out professionally. And so that's one of my thoughts, is I think it can be a really insightful tool, but at the same time... Uh, there's just something about with, like the boys reading books and learning to read and analyze problems and think through those problems and come up with their own solutions and then understand AI to be a tool that can help them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it's hard to know because AI is so new of where it's going to go. I mean, when mm-hmm. I was a little kindergartner, what were you thinking that that little mouse was going to take me? You mm-hmm. know, so... Yeah, we just kind of grow with it, but just I, my my thought is, our Derek and I, our kids, already have access. Like Noah, yesterday, he grabbed the iPad. He's not even two. He grabbed the iPad off my nightstand, turned it on, found the YouTube app, and then turned on Baby Bus, all by himself. Okay. Wow. And so, um, which is which is a really cool thing that he knows how to do that, but. Um, yeah, it's just not losing some very fundamental developmental skills and for AI and technology to become a crutch for them, I think is what I'm thinking about right now. Yeah, that's important. Hmm. What about you, Derek? What was the question? I forgot the original question. <laughs> I was really just think like, what, what goes through y'all's head thinking about oh, AI right. right now? Like, that's the tag, and it'll be kind of an appliance maybe, right, when when your kids are older. I'm wondering if that'll create more of a demand for critical thinkers, because no matter how advanced artificial intelligence gets, 
I, I really don't believe that you and I or our kids or their kids will ever be able to actually mimic or recreate the complexity that we have in our thinking. And I think that that's something to like, you know, you start out young and you grow it, that you grow that ability. Like nobody's just born a great critical thinker. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if like maybe right now, critical thinker is not necessarily a job title. You may have certain managers or whatever that are in charge of is it is it a job title is it actually a job title no but i'm just i can i'm just i went there with you i'm like crap somebody's gonna their sole job is to think no really like what if that's like like we just create a generation of on the extreme end people who cannot think for themselves and so they're handicapped they know they're handicapped but they're just like they live with this limit of i can't do what ai can thinking that it's smarter than me meant to serve me but like it can do the job better kind of like a bicycle can carry me further i'm not intimidated by the bicycle but i know that i need it if i want to get somewhere efficiently and i I kind of feel like if yeah i kind of feel like we're there where there's already people that can't think for themselves and think the ai is smarter than them Hmm. yeah maybe maybe so maybe so i would agree but you're right derek i mean that's a that's a that ability like actually i think today that ability is one that should be protected and cherished like that because there is so much coming at us that's generated by ai or not that's that requires our ability to to think critically and evaluate and use like just to sort out like is this fact is this not fact how do i trust this source what do i know about this source all of that. I mean, all we have to do is look at politics and Instagram or X or whatever the platform of your choice to know that critical thinking is actually not that much of a commonplace skill. Hmm. So I'm curious about the dad, your answer to Daniel's question. What was going through your head when you were watching them explain what a mouse was? Like, did you have a thought like 20 years, this is what's going to happen? No, I was actually thinking about that 20 years ago this was star trek hmm. like like honestly like what we were doing like like for sure what we're doing right now was science fiction when daniel was that age and even when i was y'all's age this what we're doing right now is science fiction. like i'm in paso robles california daniel's in colorado springs you're in lubbock texas and here we are not just talking on a phone seeing each other's face and it's real time. So I was thinking about that things that I thought, whoa, how cool is that? My kids growing up just knowing that's just kind of, it's like oxygen. It's just, it is. That was the thing that hit me. Yeah, I I actually remember um, hearing, listening to some people talk about this on a podcast recently and talking about everybody around Derek and I's age we were really born in a really unique time because we were born in that time period in between the technology and pre-technology, like when the internet was being developed and yep. when all these, the mouse and the computer was really coming to life. So we have known a world without that. Probably me a little bit more so than Derek. But we're also, we're born into a world discovering this. Whereas, like, the generation before us, they're having a hard time 
and many people are keeping up with the technology because they're mm-hmm. used to their non-digital ways. And then the mm-hmm. generation after us are going to grow up just solely digital and not have a lot of those skills that dad and our great-grandparents have. So we're born at, like, I, I feel a particular burden of responsibility to not lose some of these fundamental developmental mm-hmm. things that we gained before technology came. Yep. And so that actually leads me to my deep question that's got me thinking. Um, I stumbled across it one of Jordan Peterson's um, websites. Now, are you guys familiar with you probably mm-hmm. heard, at least heard the name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, he, yeah. He asked the question, like, how would my life be different if I only said things I deeply believe? And he meant that in a very literal, literal sense. Because, you know, there's so much small talk and off comments here and there. But how would life be different if I mm-hmm. only said things I deeply believed? Uh-huh. I don't know if I have an answer. Maybe you guys have some initial thoughts off the top of your head. But it's almost too deep for me to just even <laughs> get into too much. My first thought is people would think I don't know how to talk. Because I would <laughs> never say stuff. Because I don't say things like, you know, my nature is like, if I say it, if I, if I say I really mean this, I've really thought about it. And it's something that I've pondered for a long time. And so there'd be times like I probably wouldn't be married right now. Mom would be so frustrated that I just didn't (laughs) respond to something right in a timely manner. Yeah. Okay. I can, I can relate to that. I was literally just thinking 30 minutes ago. When somebody asks how I don't like when somebody asks me about what's your favorite fill in the blank? What's your favorite movie? What's your favorite color? What's your favorite fill in Mm -hmm. the blank? Because there's something about when you communicate what your favorite thing is, there's like a permanency to it. And where Mm -hmm. this came about was I was thinking about this mug actually. And I was like, at this moment, this is my favorite mug. But three months ago this was not my favorite mug and yep. probably in a year it won't be my favorite mug but if I tell you right now this is my favorite mug in this moment at least you're forever going to think oh well that's Daniel's favorite mug and so now I feel like I can't even answer that question because it creates this framework that I don't want you to ha- like permanently have about me hmm. absolutely how many times have you guys heard mom say your dad likes this your dad doesn't like that and it's because one time I said, right now, this is what I like, or no, I don't want that. And so that turned into like etched in stone and gospel. Like it, like you guys heard, this is what I, and so even today, mom's still discovering things. She's like, wait, what? You like that? I don't like that? <laughs> like, yeah, stop telling people that I don't like that. Yeah, I can see that. Rhubarb pie, is that one of those? There's never been confusion about where I stand with rhubarb. Oh, okay, okay. No, never, never. People should not eat vegetables in their dessert. With there's like one exception, and that's pumpkin pie. Another carrot. exception: carrots. Carrots. Carrot cake. Yeah. Carrot cake. That's the other one. I agree. But it's <laughs> but it's also not the like carrot cake is carrot cake, but it's not like. As a percentage of the overall volume in the dessert, it's relatively small. Versus rhubarb pie, which is that's fair. Yeah, and by the way, carrots don't kill you. 
like rhubarb can rhubarb's poison if you eat it. I don't know if I've ever actually had it. Yeah, yeah. There's actually not so not obviously the whole plant. Otherwise, nobody'd be around to talk about it. But there's there's parts of it that you, you like. It's not the healthiest thing to eat. Oh wow! There's a trivia for the me. trial and error. Right? How did yeah. you figure that out? I think Daniel, your your deep question actually ties really well to the AI conversation we're having too, because you know. AI only parrots what it's heard, right? That's true. It it's it only repeats what it's been trained to repeat, and so it can't come up with an original thought or idea, and it can't change its mind, like you're talking about. Mm. Because uh, yeah, that's true. Like I can, I have, I think I have deeply believed some things in my life that my belief changes now. Like there have been, yeah. I've had, I've had a position on one thing and I firmly believe that, like would defend it vigorously, but then today probably don't believe the same way because I've changed my mind. And I guess, I don't know if somebody would argue AI would do that with new information and, but I still don't think AI would say, this is my position. I think it's mm. just, it just just repeats unless you've trained it to talk that way. I guess I don't know. I'm not a AI I interesting. I don't either. You know what else it can't do? It can't hear mm. from the Holy Spirit. That's true. It can't be inspired by God like we no. can. No, it never will. Mm-mm. Okay, I'm curious. I can't even say anything in response to that. (laughs) It's just just time to insert the truth bomb turtle. Boom, right there. Did you say the truth bomb turtle? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Okay, it was just this idea, this AI idea I've had to create an Instagram account with uh, called Truth Bomb Turtle. And it's AI-generated images of a turtle with just one-liners. It's just a whole Instagram page created by AI-generated images. Truth Dude, you got to do that now because somebody's going to hear you said that on this podcast and jump on it if you don't. That's a cool yeah, idea. <laughs> so that'll, that'll be the first one. It'll be like the turtle. There'll be like a dove, bright lights coming out. And he'll have like headphones on or something because he can't hear. Yeah, I'm not be inspired by the Holy Spirit. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's a thought. But no, it's it's a really good thought. And that's another thing that's just really intriguing, too, about um, raising up kids and this whole AI kids conversation is there are situations in life that are very naturally logical, that are calculated, that people would always say, yeah, this is the road that you should take. But the wisdom of God knows hey, maybe that isn't, maybe that isn't. And there's reasons mm-hmm. that we just can sometimes and cannot see. Yep. Um, and so that's just, just wrapping, this, wrapping it back around with the AI thing and totally. the kids. Um, it's just so important to to raise them. And um, funny funny little story moment, Judah, <laughs> Judah came out of his room the other day. So Judah's learning about angels. Wow. Because... Uh, some television show taught him about monsters. So 
He was teaching about monsters, we teach him about angels. And he came out of his room, and um, this is a couple weeks ago. He was so concerned that there were monsters. And I said, no, it's okay, uh, because we have angels. And he says, where are they? I can't see them. <laughs> and so that's an interesting, trying to tell a three-year-old, uh, about, teach them about something that they can't see. But yeah. um, he got onto the concept, and he's latched onto it so much so no matter what comes, his first response is, oh, it's okay, there are angels here. Oh, it's okay, mm. I'm safe, there are angels. And then he's even telling us that uh, that the angel was praying for him the other night. <laughs> really? Mm. Yeah, but it was just that, just teaching him, you know, like, I, I think there was a, a belief that I had that, oh, we're going to be able to keep them from being exposed to everything that's going to happen in the world. Mm-hmm. And, but the reality is, is like, we live in this world, and they're going to pick up things from different places that you were and may not have been avoided. But we just carry these truths that mm-hmm. we can protect them with and and teach them about. And so, so Judah's learning about about angels, and then there'll become a time where we'll you know we'll teach him, and Derek will teach Milo, and the babies to come. Um, about listening to the Holy Spirit and just mm-hmm. how that for me is the most critical thing I feel like any person yep. could ever have. Like, I think about this. People always ask, if you could have one superpower, what would you have? Any superpower you want, is, I have it. It's the ability to hear from God. Yep. I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't need a superpower. I don't want a superpower because that's the most powerful thing that can help us through this life like he is our helper so yeah AI can't help us like the Holy Spirit can definitely Derek you had a thought like 12 minutes ago (laughs) do you remember what it was (laughs) yeah I do I don't know if it's really helpful or if it really fits (laughs) in the vein at this point (laughs) throw it out there why not I was just curious like which would be better and the answer is probably a balance of both but like if you had to pick an extreme like what are the pros and cons are are interesting to think about that one extreme of only speaking what i deeply believe meaning like i've i've thought about it i've weighed it and i'm i'm convicted i'm convinced at this point this is the way it is versus a very very old like kind of greek um style of learning where you all get together and you all just share ideas and everybody's idea is worthy of being heard and worthy of being weighed. Like we see in scripture, Paul shows up and he's like, hey, here's what uh, you don't know. Here's, 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 let me tell you about the God you don't know. And they're like, mm-hmm. we're going to hear you again on this matter. And like some people are for it and some are very against it. It's um, like just interested. Those are two very different. Like I'm open to hearing everything and sharing everything versus... Maybe I'm open to hearing, but like I know what I believe, and I'm only going to speak what I deeply believe. It's an interesting question, because it kind of ties back to the conversation you and I had in the previous episode, in, in a way. Well, okay, so I, don't, I actually don't see a problem with either one. I think both of those can <clears throat> exist um, together, because if you're in this environment where everybody's sharing and they're sharing things that they deeply believe, then it will get everybody to challenge the things that they deeply believe. And it provides a great test to see about how deeply you actually believe something. And also, 
I'm not suggesting that we only go around speaking what we deeply believe. <laughs> I think that's more of a thought for uh, self-just internalization to mm-hmm. better communicate and better release the things that are true rather than holding on to things we've heard that may be laced with things that are false. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I'm on the same page with you, Daniel. I think... I love Derek's question because I really don't think it's an either or. I do think it's both. Um, I really think we we need to. I mean, it's such. Could you, the benefit for me if we only spoke things that we really truly believed? Think about the misunderstandings that would not happen because people are sharing something like that they. I think you believe this, but you kind of played a different way, or I I said something that made you think that. This is where I stand, but it maybe not where I stand on something, and so that in one way there might be a whole lot more clarity. But and there is great value, I think, in putting ideas out there and letting people react to them and seeing how people react. And something that you know, it, it, there's a lot of things like we could do several of these on all of the things I look back on that I think I could have done differently or better for you guys to prepare you for life. I don't have like, I'm not going to die and go to heaven, go see the Lord and be thinking about this is all the ways I screwed up my kids. Don't take me wrong. But uh, there are things that I can look back on and go like, huh. And one of them is the, would have been to, to reinforce you know, being able to defend my position and say, this is what I think. And at the same time, be open to critique on my position so that I can refine it so that I can refine my position, feel better about my position. Like there's, I've, I've learned so much from you guys actually. And from my family growing up in terms of leadership and things, you guys have taught me more lessons than, most books that I've ever read. And one of the things that I've learned is that we're stronger and smarter together because of this very mm-hmm. thing that we're talking about. Because somebody can, there can be imagination and that sparks an idea that nobody else ever would have thought of. But then the ability to take that spark and turn it into something because of input from here and input from there and this side person's idea and ooh, you know, somebody shot me down, but they weren't shooting me down. They were just pointing out the way I was talking about it doesn't work. But if we did it another way, it could work, right? That, those are super important skills, I think, for us to have as people that, I mean, you, you two turned out pretty good in spite of me, but that's something I feel like I could have done <laughs> even more for you earlier in your life. Does that make sense? Oh, well, don't be too hard on yourself. Everywhere I go, anybody I talk to, they're like, your dad is the greatest. He's Literally. the best. You really don't realize what you had growing up. Uh, I hear that. You're probably thinking you don't realize what I had growing up either. <laughs> no, but I do see what other people had growing up, and I, I can recognize <laughs> we really had a great treasure in, in you and mom and, and the way you guys raised <laughs> us. And there's, no, there's nobody who's ever uh, walked to this earth and raised their kids perfectly. You know, nope. just to a tea and buy the book. But you guys, if there was somebody who came close, yeah, I just feel like it's got to be you and mom. Because yeah. I mean, I've, I've really met a lot of people 
that have come from some really bad situations. Oh, I know that's and true. And I'm like, wow, we really have it really great. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I don't. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not beating myself up for it. I. I. But I just. You know. You can't. Yeah. Look, if we're not always looking to critique ourselves and our performance and learn how we could have been better, then it's time to go home. Right. But yeah. so, so that's kind of where I'm coming from. But thank you for that. Mom gets huge part of the credit. I mean, for a long, long part of your life, I was working and mom was the one at home with you guys. So she gets a ton of credit for that too. Oh yeah, she definitely does. But back to what Derek was um, bringing up, I actually yeah. think one of the healthiest environments we can be in is an environment where we're all allowed to share our ideas uh-huh. and shoot down each other's ideas. Mm-hmm. And w- if there's that understanding that we're all in there and we love each other and we trust mm-hmm. each other, yep. I think that's where that's that kind of environment really thrives. Because then, then, because I've I've been I've been in an environment like that, and I've been in an environment where if you spoke against somebody's idea, it was taken personally. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it was hard to. It was very hard to let them know, like. You're a great person, and your past 50 ideals were wonderful. This one just wasn't for these eight reasons. And getting past that emotional barrier was really difficult. But when you're in a setting where the emotional barrier is insulated because there's that love and trust for each other, I think it's really, it's really a really cool thing. Yep. Oh, you're spot on I with totally that. Agree. And, and it, is the, it is the love and trust that allows that to happen. It's the trust knowing, like, because we do, I get, how do I want to say this? When, when we're working on something, you know, sometimes people talk about separate, like, business. Don't take it personally. It's just business. Stuff like that. Yeah. That's a bunch of garbage. Yeah. Like, if you're doing what you're doing well, you're putting you into it. You're investing into it emotionally. Mm-hmm. You're putting your creative mind and energy and so... Don't no. It, there's a personal element to it. You should have like. How can you have pride in your work and not have it be personal in some way? So oh, yeah. So it is, but it's very different. What you're pointing out is spot on. I think it's very different to say my idea is flawed than to say Pete, you're flawed. Yes. Right. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. when we trust that that's what we're doing, that we're saying the idea. Pete has value. Derek has value. Daniel has value. This thing is wrong. <laughs> but that and separate the person from the thing. I mean, just like, you know, we did with you guys growing up, we talk all about you're a good kid. What you did was wrong. Right? It's the same thing that makes Daniel mm-hmm. Daniel's talking about work. Like, this idea is flawed. You're super smart, but this isn't gonna work, and here's why. Right? And mm-hmm. I think that's another key part of it too is that like the, you're super smart because even if the person knows that they're a great you're, you let them know they're a great person but their idea was wrong I think still within us we think but that idea was wrong so there was something wrong with the way that I was thinking therefore mm-hmm. there's something wrong with me and so yeah. like just avoiding that going down that road and being able to keep it like you're great Maybe this idea wasn't, but let's move on and create some new ones. Dude, that's spot on. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. When Ben and I worked out of state, 
we you know we'd spend a lot of time in the car together and working together on projects and whatnot like we had been through a lot before that and so there was already this baseline established of like hey we've been through crap and we're still here for each other so like we're not going anywhere i love you you love me and we have each other's best interest in mind but we had some really tough conversations that ended up you know being really fruitful like he really challenged my perspective in a lot of areas, and I could say the same, vice versa. And even today, like we can still speak very frankly and candidly. And I don't really speak with a lot of people like I do with him because mm-hmm. we have that trust established. And I think I have some of the most um, mind changes when I speak with him, yeah. you know, because I'm open to hearing what he says, knowing where it comes from is a good place. And he's not afraid to tell me exactly what he thinks and when he thinks I'm wrong. And so mm-hmm. in, a, in a work setting where, like, the actual physical job I'm doing is not the right way, like, he, he lets me know, and that was good. Like, I needed that. But yeah. also, now that we're living in different states, and most of what we talk about is, like, about the Lord, he brings a very different perspective and set of experiences and walk mm-hmm. to the table that, like, I, I personally count, like, invaluable. And I wonder, I, I, no, I don't wonder, I know that that same kind of trust that I have with him in a much deeper sense is why the Lord can correct me the way he does and why when the Holy Spirit speaks I'm open because I know like he only loves me he only has my best interest in mind so anything he's saying is to build me up and even when it's like tough stuff like hey you've been doing this all wrong and you've kind of like screwed up <laughs> you know like he never really says it in, in a mean way he's all loving when he does but yeah. I'm so thankful that he he says even the hard things where somebody else may hear the same thing and think oh they hate me i suck i'm like no thank you because i know where it's coming from if that makes sense it makes so a I, lot I totally of sense agree with you and what you're saying there's such wisdom in what you're saying because we when we don't when we think the critique we're gonna have is coming from when we don't trust where it's coming from and that intention we hide from it mm. right just like adam and eve hid they knew like we screwed up we don't want to hear from him and right yeah and i mean we do that as kids we do that in the workplace like i'll avoid that person because i'm afraid of what they're going to say because i don't trust where they're coming from with it and Mm. when you have that trust with somebody it's it's much easier to hear it and and go to them even to ask when you know it's going to be tough but i know where they're coming from yeah, which makes me think of your LinkedIn post about healthy work culture and how it's not healthy when you're afraid to talk to your boss. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I think that, that totally is, I think that applies to what we're talking about right now. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. So talking about building trust, work culture, I have a question for you guys. I've heard two two different perspectives where building trust is concerned. There's one perspective where um, the leaders talk about how you need to be vulnerable and transparent in your leadership. Mm-hmm. And there's you can kind of go one direction with that. But then there's another that I've heard where leaders have talked about how they were too familiar with the people underneath them. And then that created issues. So, like, what's, what's the balance? Like, are you vulnerable? Are you not? To what degree or in what situation are you on? Like, what does that... What does creating trust look mm-hmm. like? I'll let Derek go first. Question. I, have, I was going to let you go first. 
No, I want to. I want to hear what you have to say before I cloud it. Well, um, I mean, I think that in my very limited experience of working with people, especially when I'm considered higher in rank, very limited experience there. But I, I feel like there is a familiarity that like almost breeds disrespect if if the familiarity leads to like hey we're on the same level i'll totally go along with whatever you think i'll agree with you like like we're, we're buddies when when that's the main focus is like we're buddies first then i can totally see how as a leader that will really inhibit my job like i can no longer lead them because when it's you know, like we need to move a certain direction when I need to lead. I'm maybe not able to influence them anymore because they just think that I only want to do what they want to do. And it's like, I'm, I'm kind of a pushover. So I, I think that maybe too much familiarity is not good. But at the same time, if, if the leader who's above me is just like, I got it figured out, hard-nosed, like super confident, and I know exactly the way to go. I'm not even open to your feedback, like on the other extreme. Well, I'm probably not going to follow them that well. Like, there's no trust there, mm -hmm. you know? And I don't think there's really trust on either extreme, like, intrinsically, because those same people, I, I don't know, maybe my thoughts are getting kind of jumbled, but, like, I think a, a balance and knowing mm -hmm. when to share, knowing when to be vulnerable, knowing, like, the right way, to like let them know that like as a leader I'm I'm here for you like like we're we're in this together like I have the confidence to lead you but also mm -hmm. I, but you are and one example that I can think of um, where mm -hmm. Will at Mind Body Dead you probably remember him yeah he was probably one of the best supervisors I've ever had he at uh, at one point I was helping with escalations because I, I don't know, I like to talk to the angry people and like help them get not angry anymore. It was, yeah. it was just rewarding. Uh, so I'd help him out with those, and he told me, just kind of in training me, he's like, so listen, you know the software better than I do. Like, I don't know the software. You're in it every day. That is not my strength. Like, here's where my strengths are. That one's not it. So I kind of need your help in this area. Like, like, they have a technical issue, and I can't solve it for them, but you can. Mm -hmm. And I, that didn't diminish my respect for him at all that actually kind of validated my existence and position and job and, and empowered me to actually help them but like it his, his whole approach wasn't like hey i can't do this you can for everything it was just that in that one moment he's like you can actually do this a little better than me so i need your assistance but also i've handled a lot of angry people before to like Mm -hmm. I'm gonna paraphrase what he said. So here's kind of how you should work through it, and let me give you some pointers on how to do it. So he brought more expertise than I had, but I yeah. brought some that he didn't have anymore, and I think that was that, that led to a really healthy, you know, overall experience for me. In a small, I think that's a great sense. example of healthy vulnerability, right? To say this yeah. is not something that I'm good, or this is a this is a opportunity or a weak place. I think that's really healthy. Uh, it it can go sideways with people, and the Daniel used the word familiarity. I think was you that used it, and that's mm -hmm. a great word because it kind of implied that more of that um, you know less professional. Like the the relationship is not professional; the relationship is non professional, mm -hmm. 
and that's that's where I think the problem happens when people mm. forget the roles. It'd be like, okay, so Daniel and I played soccer. You did once, but yes, Daniel and I played soccer a lot, and you've seen enough soccer there. You know, like mm-hmm. there are some there are some roles on the field. You know, like on the field, players can swap around, but it's very difficult to do that with the goalkeeper. Right, the mm-hmm. goalkeeper, like that role, is pretty clear, right? And so, if you forget what that person's role is, or if they forget what their role is, and they try to do something that's not their role, that can get the team in trouble. Like if they mm-hmm. take try to make a run up the sideline, and are looking for a cross to come from the other side, and uh, the team picks up picks up the ball and counters, we're in trouble because the goal's wide open and no goalkeeper back there. Right, and mm-hmm. so like when you forget the roles, that's a problem. I don't think that's the same as trust, but I do think that it can lead to an erosion of trust because people can, if they forget the role, and then they get put in their place about remembering the role, that can lead to hard feelings, and if, right, and so I think that can affect the trust. I think the thing that builds trust, if I get to Daniel, if I heard your question right. I, I am a fan of the way Stephen Covey explained building trust. He, he explained it in terms of two major components, character and competence. So mm-hmm. character is like who I am and competence, what I can do. And so like, and I, that's demonstrated over time. So trust is built. And so here's what ties into the familiarity part. Character is actually two components. Character is a combination of my integrity, will I do the right thing, and my intent. So when you know my intention, I can see that. and you know what I will do, and, and you know that I'll do the right thing, that lends itself to trust, right? That's, that's a stronger mm-hmm. character, and you can trust that. It's like you guys both have little people in your house. The little people may not tell you today, but you see they really appreciate and feel safe when there are clear boundaries. Right? Sure. sure. Right? They they may not understand your intentions fully, but but you're consistent. You do the right thing, right? You're showing them character. So there's some of those things that I think get they get confused when there's that personal familiarity. Because people can have incredibly close personal relationships and work really well together, but they're very clear on roles. They're able to literally Mm -hmm. take one hat off, put the other hat on, and flip it and put it back. But when people aren't able to do that, because it's very difficult for most people to do, then that's where it gets, it's a problem. Yeah, that's all good. Yeah, Yeah. reminds me of the illustration. I think it's in uh, Seven Habits, but of you know, kids happily playing on a playground with walls around them that protect them from the edges of the cliff. But if you remove those walls, suddenly they're cowering in the middle. And maybe the familiarity is like, well, let me just, since I can go anywhere, they fall off the cliff. Mm-hmm. Is the other extreme of that. Mm. But I think you're right. I think the boundaries are, I mean, even for myself, I know when I have clear boundaries, then I have freedom to work within those boundaries. But if I don't know where they are, I'm kind of paralyzed or I get myself in trouble. One or the other. Right. Maybe more the latter when you're younger. (laughs) 
<laughs> like like most of us. Yeah. That's a great question, Daniel. Like, we could do a whole like mm-hmm. podcast series on that one question alone, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think you could probably pretty easily do something along the lines because I find it such a it's an interesting subject for me because I think about all the relationships that I've had um people um, superior to me as like in the workplace or over me or under me or working side by side and it's just it's always made me just very curious to look at those relationships and see why did this work so well with this person but maybe not with that person and what was the situation like in that time and there's just a whole lot to go into that but yeah I, mm-hmm. I think it's just a very interesting thought or like another thought I have is like when you're going into a new situation or maybe there's somebody being added to you. So for them, it's a new situation mm-hmm. or no new people. And I mean, for everybody it's new because this person's new. Yeah. Um, what, what can you do right off the bat to, I don't know that I can, somebody can walk into the room and I can instantly, I trust that person, but are there things that you can do to help that? or hinder that and I liked how you, you brought that up from Stephen Cubby, particularly the intention and the integrity and just knowing where someone's coming from, your history with them, you trust that they're gonna act a certain way and that they mean a certain thing. Um like even like with Judah, I something that like really boggles me, maybe it shouldn't but it does, is how he can do something and he knows that he did something wrong, like he'll hit Noah. Yeah, uh, completely unwanted. Maybe he'll just hit Noah for whatever reason, and then we have to discipline him. And he's in a moment where he's very upset, high emotions. But then you discipline him, and moments later, he's giving you a hug and telling us how much he loves us. And then we just go on and carry about the day. And that's like you're talking about with the kids; like they trust us, and mm-hmm. they understand the boundaries, and they understand when they've broken the boundaries. But they also understand. Um, our feelings and thoughts towards them and so that's always such a funny scenario to me but i guess it's a good thing but yeah that's where all that comes from totally you know i've worked with a lot of people and this is actually really challenging to like try to impart to people and help them to learn because you can say a lot of the things that we just said and people go like yeah yeah yeah, okay but just like help them understand it to be able to act on it one thing that I didn't intend to do, but I realized I was saying over and over and over and over to kind of help people kind of grasp, like, how do we build trust with teams and stuff, is we just, I just started saying, like, look, come on, just let's just treat them like a human being. Like, if we sure. met each other on the street and did not have the context of the workplace, how would we treat each other? It actually says a lot about a person. If yeah. that could get really deep really fast. The answer's probably very different. <laughs> yeah, but it shouldn't be. Like, mm-hmm. why should we be, why should I treat you any differently if I meet you at the bus stop or in line to get my coffee or than I would if you were an employee on my team? Like, this is mm-hmm. the way we interact in terms of respect, being polite, being interested in you versus making you interested in me you know right like there are some very simple things that uh, i i think can this is 
I'm just going to leave it there. Just getting ready. To, <laughs> I have so much to say. I'm, I actually do say a lot about this in my book that's coming up. I really do. I read the first I, chapter. Nice. Did you? Oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, when I was there, and I'm really looking forward to reading the rest, is all I was going to say. Oh, that's cool. I did. I sent the whole part one to Daniel. I'm actually through part two into three right now. It's getting close. The, lo- the March is the target. But So in the book, there's one example that I shared. This, this, a real client, the person that I work with, she was super frustrated with me because she said, why do I have to adjust to all of my people? Why can't they just all learn to adjust to me? <laughs> and I went, it's not an unfair question. Because if you think about it, I have to learn to adjust to you, and then I have to learn to adjust to you, and then I have to learn to adjust to you. I've got to learn to adjust to all these people, but all of you only have to learn to adjust to one. So what did you say? I said, because you're their leader, and it's not their job to adjust to you. <laughs> That's what I told her. <laughs> I said, and then I explained to her that when you show them how you can adapt and adjust to their needs... You're modeling and teaching them how they can not only adapt and adjust to your needs, but to the needs of the people around them, to your clients, to your suppliers, to the other people that they work with. And she went, okay, I get it. It's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yeah. That was kind of a side track that popped in my head. No, that's good. I definitely have like several thoughts and questions that could just open up another hour of conversation potentially. I don't know if I even want to to share them. <laughs> we should just let it like let the plane land. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a good idea. Uh, maybe it's maybe ahead. another episode. I'll, I'll write them there down. You go. I'll share them later, and maybe you'll write be like, maybe. Maybe yeah. it'll be a really simple answer, and you'll just be like, oh, well, this. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that was simpler than I thought. I think I know one of the questions that he wants to ask. There's no way. I'm what super curious. Are the 10 benefits to consuming one of Pete's Power Pickles? No. <laughs> <laughs> I really just thought the dark, you know. The benefits of throwing it together. Learning how each other thinks. <laughs> okay, so what what are they? Give us give us one or two. Well, they're peak we power pickles. <laughs> electrolytes. Electrolytes is one. Um, your neighbor probably doesn't have one, so you're cooler than them. Um, uh, it doubles as not just an energy food. But also a condiment for your hot dog. <laughs> More for the relish. <laughs> yep. But wouldn't you have to chew it up first? <laughs> Chop it up. Oh, okay, okay. Or you yeah. can slice. Okay. Homemade Chick Fil A sandwiches. Choo choo choo. You know. I just think Chick Fil A power pickle. They could charge an extra dollar for the, you know, the number one with a power pickle. They could. They could. I I see a contract in your future. I'm glad you do. I'm not sure that. That's awesome. All oh, the benefits of Pete's Power Pickles. All right, team. Well, if you want a Power Pickle, I hope you took advantage of it in the first 10 minutes. <laughs> okay, so not so being silly, but, but not, I literally got a text from somebody. 
that said, oh my God, I love this podcast so much. They're listening to one of our Really? Own. I'm not nice. kidding. Yeah. Well, praise the Lord. That's I won't awesome. call her name out because I don't know if she wants me to, she would appreciate that, but That's somebody awesome. I used to work with. Yeah. That's Is she fantastic. the one that wanted the power pickle? Hey, can no. we send her a free power pickle? <laughs> I'm sure... <laughs> <laughs> she would give me so much I'm just envisioning like this special gift box. You have your like your your wrapped power pickle. You have like your um, your workout T-shirt, the power pickle with the hat. You got, like, I, I'm just seeing a gym out of this, like the pickle gym, and everybody in there is a power pickle. <laughs> what about like a subscription box? Right, it's your your power your pickle box. The pickle box. The pickle box Actually, for nineteen ninety five. I love I'm subscription you, boxes. There's something to this. First one free, whatever it is, I'm hooked the for the rest of box. them. Huh? I think it's great. It's hysterical. I do too. We'll have to partner with Circle R brand beef jerky. Oh, there you Ooh, go. The the yeah. premium subscription. That's right. Ooh. Yep. Yeah. No, I know a guy. I know the guy. I mean, what what else do you need? Pickles and beef jerky, vanilla ice Pretty cream. Powerful. I don't know. Vanilla ice cream. <laughs> vanilla ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's, I mean, you both have pregnant wives right now, so that was the first thing that came into my head was pickles and ice cream. <laughs> oh, che- Cheetos and ice cream. That's that's Katie's thing. Cheetos and ice cream. Nuh-uh. Really? No, it actually okay. It works. An, it works it's because an you. Thing. You don't taste a ton of the cheddar. You get because it's so cold. You get mostly just the texture. So you get the crunch of the Cheeto with the more of the flavor of the vanilla. And the I've tried it. The complexity on the palate between the sweet and the salty all happening at one time. Like it's a very dynamic experience. I mean, if you imagine a block of cheese, it's like creamy and you know if it's cheddar, it's cheddary and creamy. So it's not that far off. It's just kind of sweet. Far off. I thought it was, I had the same reaction as you did, Dad, and then I tried it because I'm curious. And I was pleasantly surprised. I haven't done it since, but I was surprised. So I think we've got ourselves a box here. We've got one of Pete's Power Pickles. We've got Circle R Beef Jerky, of the vanilla ice cream and Cheetos. All, all for just commenting on the podcast. I think I'm so glad that I know some marketing creative people that can help me pull that together. And you know what? This is also a great example of what AI cannot do. Like AI, like I'm sitting here thinking about who thinks of putting ice cream and Cheetos together in the first place. That's some imagination. Yeah, that's, that's, it's like, who, what's going through your mind when you think that's a good idea? <laughs> Did you say that's an Amish thing? Like that's just a widespread thing that they do? Uh, I, I don't know that I could I could say it's a widespread Amish thing, but maybe maybe it's just localized to Katie's family. I don't know, but which is a widespread a Amish thing by definition. <laughs> oh, it's awesome, oh. guys! I enjoy these chats. Yes, yeah, great. Too. This has been killer to have Daniel on with us. I have talked to yeah other siblings, and they're both down their game. Nice. Nice. Yep. I think it's fun. One of them runs a podcast studio, so we just got to figure out how to get you guys to him and me there. And that probably doesn't happen this year until your babies are born. But 
We'll do that someday. Yeah. We'll do that. Yeah. I I always love a good trip to California. Yep. Yeah, I do too. But I always make sure I have one of Pete's Power Pickles before I drive. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Derek, bring us home. Wrap us up. All righty. Well, thank you, guys. My coffee's cold. I'm sure yours is too. But it was a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Thank you guys for your wisdom. And I uh, appreciate the, the four people that listened. Look forward to... Uh, Hearing the reviews from Pete's Power Pickles. Please leave your, uh, yeah. maybe don't leave your addresses in the comment section. Just privately message Pete and uh, we'll make sure go. to get those boxes to you. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining, guys. Love you guys. Thank you. Love you too. Bye.